With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Motormouth Mosley Radio Show. You have reached the man cave here in Redan, Georgia, and the phone number to dial in is 347-945-7975. want to thank you for listening, calling in, logging on, doing all of that, just to hear what old boys got to say. Got a lot of sports to talk about. Got a lot of football, a little bit of baseball, might even throw a little basketball, a little golf in there a little bit. Man, what a group. Jeez, uh, between NFL and NCAA football, it was just a marathon of great college and pro football games. You've had upsets. you had dominations. you got the bowl picture finally clear, and believe it or not, the BCS got lucky and it all got right. But you've got some NFL action today. It seemed like every single game was just snowed in, looked like bad weather everywhere. You've got another game tomorrow night. Dallas against Chicago, prediction is 25 degrees, 10% precipitation, so you may not get any snow, but it's going to be cold enough for it to snow. Um, tonight, you got a great game, uh, Carolina against New Orleans. New Orleans just took a 31-6 lead with nine minutes and 52 seconds left in the fourth quarter, so it looks like that's going to be pretty much a, a Saints win, a great bounce-back win. Uh, from that embarrassing loss they took last week up in the Pacific Northwest. And speaking of which, let's go over today's scores. You've got Indiana 20, Indianapolis 28, Cincinnati 42, Minnesota, Minnesota 26, Baltimore 29. You've got Atlanta going up to the frozen tundra of Green Bay, losing 21 to 22. St. Louis goes down to Arizona in the desert, gets beat up 30 to 10. Cleveland barely loses to the New England Patriots, 27-26. to 26. Seattle in a slobber knocker, in a slugfest against San Francisco. It's San Francisco 19, Seattle 17. As I mentioned on earlier episodes, uh, those two teams play a different kind of football. Uh, they play that stand-in-your-face, uh, slug each other in the mouth and see who falls first. And that is exactly what happened in today's game. Two of the hardest-running running backs in the league, uh, Frank Gore and Marshawn Lynch. Frank Gore takes off on a 50-plus yarder to uh, nudge San Francisco ahead. They were trailing 16 to 17. Nudged them ahead. Take, they kicked the field goal, and the defense held on for the victory. Oakland goes into New York and gets beat by the Jets, 37 to 27. Houston on Thursday night goes down to Jacksonville and gets beat, and it cost Coach Gary Kubiak his job. He's gone. 
Miami 34, Pittsburgh 28. Buffalo 6, Tampa Bay 27. Looks like Coach uh, Greg Schiano has those uh, Buccaneers playing some decent ball over the last few weeks. I think that's about four or five victories in, um, in the last five or six weeks. So they're uh, turning things around. I guess they're finally uh, buying into his system and it's starting to click. Uh, Detroit goes into Philadelphia and gets beat 34-20. I needed Detroit to win that game. Kansas City 45, Washington Redskins 10. Uh, probably another nail in the coffin that is uh, Mike Shanahan's career in Washington. I'm sure he's on his way out. I'm sure Daniel Snyder's not happy. And they're probably uh, already got the works looking in for a new uh, head coach. So that's this week's results. How did I do in my picks? Well, right now, a contingent on the Carolina New Orleans games, which I would go ahead and say I can put to bed. I'm looking at 11-4. So I'm back to my old ways. I was sitting at 119-70 and 70 with the one tie. Went 9-7 last week. Been struggling over the last few weeks. So uh, it was nice to be back on top. Uh, depending upon tomorrow night's game, you got Dallas at seven and five versus Chicago, who's six and six. The game is being played in Chicago, outdoors, as I said. Um, Dallas is definitely going to have their hands full if they can't get a good pass rush uh, on the quarterback. And they allow Jay Cutler or, or, McGowan, or McCown to sit back and throw the ball wherever they want to. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey and Brandon Marshall will eat the Cowboys alive. Both of them will be 1,000-yard receivers this year, uh, unless something tragic happens to Brandon Marshall. Um, uh, probably the most prolific pair of receivers in the NFL right now. Um, and Dallas's cornerbacks, you know, they're going to be in trouble. So we'll see what's going to happen uh, uh, tomorrow night on the game. Uh, Again, you're listening to the Motormouth Mosley Radio Show. Uh, we're talking sports. We're talking football. And real quickly, I'm going to, based on tonight's uh, results, uh, tomorrow's game won't have any effect on my power rankings. But as of right now, my power rankings in the NFL goes as follows. At number five, I've got, uh, I've got the San Francisco 49ers. I do believe. And number four, you know what? We'll come back to that in a couple of minutes. For some reason, things got a little jammed up, so we'll come back to that in a few minutes. What we're going to touch on now is what was a great weekend of college football. Uh, bowl games, as I said, are now settled in. You had uh, – Michigan State doing the BCS a huge favor by knocking off Ohio State, the team, in my opinion, that just did not belong. And you had Auburn dominating. Um, you had Auburn dominating Duke in the ACC championship. No, excuse me. You had Auburn dominating Missouri in the ACC SEC championship. You had Florida State dominating Duke in the ACC championship. You had Oklahoma State getting beat, upset in the last regular season game against Oklahoma in that in-state rivalry, which is known as Bedlam, Oklahoma versus Oklahoma State, which set up the Texas-Baylor game as the Big 12 championship game. 
and Baylor, by a score of 30-10, to 10, took care of business. The Baylor Bears are the 2013 Big 12 champion, so they get an automatic bid to the uh, BCS, uh, BCS Bowl game. And although I had my predictions last week as to how I thought the bowl games would play out, uh, some folks decided not to listen to me, and they went ahead, and they set up the bowl games as such, as such. The bowl games are, in the Vizio BCS championship game, you've got Florida State of the SEC, ACC versus Auburn of the SEC. You've got in the AT&T Cotton Bowl, you've got Missouri versus Oklahoma State. That's an SEC uh, Big 12 matchup. Rose Bowl by Vizio is Michigan State, which is the Big Ten champion, versus Stanford, which is the Pac-12 champion. You've got Tostitos Fiesta Bowl, uh, which is Baylor, the Baylor Bears versus the Central Florida Knights, uh, two teams that are making their first BCS Bowl game appearances. Uh, you've got uh, Baylor, which is the Big 12 champion at 11-1, and and Central Florida, which is the American Conference uh, champion, which is used to be known, I believe, as either the Big East. I think they used the Big East for for years. Uh, or comp- no, they were Big East. So they're at 11-1. So they'll be playing each other in Arizona in the Fiesta Bowl. You've got the All-State Sugar Bowl, which is Oklahoma of the Big 12 versus Alabama versus the SEC, a 10-2 and two versus an 11-1. I'm not sure about if Oklahoma can handle uh, a team like Alabama. I wish them nothing but the best, but I just don't know if they've got the physicality to hold up to what Alabama brings to the table. Should be a good game, still better than any game involving Ohio State. As for a bowl game, you've got uh, in the Discover Orange Bowl, you've got Clemson versus Ohio State. Now, that's going to be a decent matchup because I think Clemson, although very athletic, they tend to be somewhat up and down, and you don't always know what you're going to get. They've got a lot of talent with Taj Boyd and Sammy Watkins. Uh, you know, they're, they're loaded talent-wise, but they don't always seem to bring it as they should. Ten and two, decent record. I mean, a very good record for you know, in the uh, ACC, but uh, this will be probably another decent measuring stick for Ohio State because, as I had said earlier, and my big fault against them all season long was that that they never played anybody of any substance, that their uh, padded record uh, handicapped them when it comes to my rankings. So I never really uh, promoted them very highly. Uh, They were in the top ten, but definitely not in the top five. And uh, we'll see what happens when they play against a team like Clemson. Uh, In the Music City Bowl, Again, that has a little personal interest to me. That is Ole Miss versus Georgia Tech. Good luck, uh, Coach Buzz and Coach Johnson taking the rambling wreck up to Nashville to play against uh, uh, Robert Kim Dietschy and the uh, Ole Miss Rebels. In the Hawaii Bowl, uh, Boise plays somebody. And you know what? Because it's the Hawaii Bowl, I actually wanted to know who I put down there. I could look it up real quick. My people are efforting trying to find out for me real quick. But in all honesty, it's just the Hawaii Bowl. Hawaii's not playing in it. Not too many people care. 
Uh, in the Valero Alamo Bowl, you've got Oregon versus Texas. That's a Pac-10 versus a Big 12 team. And uh, another great matchup that will be uh, uh, some serious football being played. And then you've got the Chick-fil-A Bowl, which is Texas A&M versus Duke. Duke, 10 wins, uh, most wins by a Duke team in a long, long time. Uh, they were going for their 11th win when they played against Florida State in the ACC Championship. Didn't quite uh, cut the mustard on that one. Texas A&M, somewhat of a disappointing year. Uh, but overall, most schools would be thrilled. Uh, one of the hardest schedules in the country. Uh, so they do get to go to a bowl game. They do get to play against a quality opponent. And we get one more good look at Johnny Manziel. And then the final game that I did want to touch on when it comes to college bowl games was the Bell Helicopter Armed Forces Bowl. And the only reason why I mentioned that one is because it's the midshipman of Navy versus Middle Tennessee State. Coach Kenny Neal Matololo and his boys uh, doing it up big time, wish them nothing but the best. Now, I've got a little commentary that I want to slide in. And folks, you're listening to the Motormouth Mosley radio show. I am your host, Motormouth Mosley, doing what I do, run my mouth. And the big news is these segments are now available to you on iTunes. All you have to do is log into iTunes, click on the Motormouth Mosley radio show. All 60-plus episodes will pop up. We'll be celebrating our six-month anniversary on Tuesday night. There will be six months and about 70 episodes of me running my mouth about three times a week doing what I did. There were a couple that I missed, but there were holidays or I was sick or I was out. But uh, a lot of episodes of you just to kind of check and see what I do, run my mouth, talk sports, and uh, have some great conversations when folks call in. So, but my comment on the bowl situation is that you have 124 Division One FBS programs playing football in the year 2013. You've got one school, Appalachian State, which is moving up from FCS to FBS. They are in the transitional phase. Uh, so we actually have 125, 125 schools. You've got 35 bowl games, 35 bowl games, which means 70 programs get to play in bowl games. Now, I understand that financially it's a great boom for any program that gets to go to a bowl game. It's a great atmosphere for, for the, the athletes to get to experience uh, the bowl situation. I totally get that. I totally understand it. But in my opinion, in the opinion of Motormouth Mosley, having 35 bowl games waters down the significance of bowl games. It doesn't mean as much. When you're 6 and 5 and you get to go to a bowl game, it doesn't mean what it used to mean. Back in 1985, 86, back in the mid-'80s, you had approximately 100, 105 Division I programs. You had 19 bowl games. So if you went to a bowl game, it meant something. Only 38 teams would qualify to go to bowl games back then. Now, which, which was about you know, a little bit over a third of the schools, or right around a third of the schools would qualify to go, but now you've got over half. You've got close, you've got close to, yeah, over 60%, almost 60% of the schools that get to qualify to go to bowl games. 
that's to me, and, and, and I also understand that coaches love the fact that they can say that they took the program to a bowl game. Because one, it brings the school money, and for two, it's another stat that will pad their 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 uh, bargaining chips when it comes to jobs. So their resumes are built up off of these additional bowl games. The schools are making money off these additional bowl games, but they just don't mean as much. If you went to the Idaho Potato Bowl, that shouldn't carry as much weight as if you qualified to one of the few bowl games. But, hey, that's just me on my high horse. You know, we're going to have another four teams added to Division One next year. That will be Georgia Southern, uh, Appalachian State, uh, Charlotte, which I believe used to be University of North Carolina at Charlotte, and then Old Dominion. Those schools are all going to be now uh, Division One. So you're going to have, you know, and, close to 130 Division One programs. Over half of them will get to go to bowl games, and it just doesn't mean as much. But I understand. I don't like it, but I understand. This is your man, Motormouth Mosley, running his mouth about sports, talking about things he knows very little about but thinks he knows everything about, and that's just how I do. Uh, let's see. I did want to go back and check on my rankings. Uh, before I leave college football, I definitely got to, got to touch on uh, another significant uh, happening over the weekend. The, and I mentioned it the other night on the show. But I do want to touch on it one more last time, and that is this whole Jameis Winston situation. I don't know what happened between those two people. I'll be the first to admit that I don't know what the conversation was. I don't know what the interaction was. And in all honesty, at this point, it's insignificant because the uh, state attorney in the state of Florida declared there was nothing that was going to happen. There were no charges going to be pressed. There was no indictments that were going to be handed out, and it, it's literally a, a, a dead issue. So Jameis Winston, quarterback of Florida State, uh, maybe to the chagrin of some people who will think that he got a pass just because he's an athlete, uh, and then there's other people who will say he only got uh, put in the spotlight because he was an athlete, will, is now uh, free to go about his business, and will more than likely, I'm not going to say guaranteed, because you never know how the vote's going to go, but more than likely will be in New York uh, in less than a week and receive the Heisman Trophy. The only question left is who else will get an invite, and in my opinion, I would guess that A.J. McCarron will get an invite. I would guess that Marcus Mariota will get an invite. I would guess that maybe I think it's Andre Williams out of Boston College will get an invite. I think they will just get a free vacation. I think it will be insignificant that they will not win it. And it goes to, you know, the running back, Trey, I think it's Trey Wilson for Auburn. He may get a look. He may get a look also because he's had a great season. But I don't believe that it's going to, be, going to really matter uh, it's Jameis Winston, so that will give us two back-to-back freshmen to win the Heisman Trophy. And I don't think classification should have anything to do with it. It shouldn't be held against you. And the fact that it uh, goes to a freshman, I think, it just says a lot about where we are as athletes and how athletes are coming out 
prepared to play on Division I uh, after leaving high school and how uh, programs are getting them ready to play uh, with the red shirt year so it's much quicker than before. So that's my take on that. Uh, we'll see what happens on Saturday. Uh, got some games coming up next week, uh, starting Thursday night, of course. We still got to finish off this week when it comes to the NFL uh, with the game tomorrow night. But, you know, week 15 starts on Thursday, and that will be an old AFC West rivalry game against uh, San Diego versus Denver. Another great matchup. Denver's playing uh, probably some of the best ball in the league, and uh, definitely not to be frowned upon is uh, what San Diego's doing out there. But um, that's where we are when it comes to football. I'm going to close the door on my football talk for a little while unless somebody makes a comment on say, on uh, chat, and then I'll uh, respond to that. But for the most part, that's it for, me, for football. So we're going to switch over to a little basketball. And the big news in basketball, two things. One, Indianapolis Pacers, Indiana Pacers are playing some of the best basketball in the NBA. Uh, Miami Heat is still the team to beat until somebody beats them. Indiana lost the game on a last-second shot, uh, I believe, by Dirk Nowitzki uh, the other night. But I still believe that they're sitting like at 17-4, and four, uh, which is a great way to start the season. Uh, big news in Lakerland is tonight is supposed to be the, the return of the Black Mamba. Kobe Bryant is back with the Lakers. And uh, I believe that game is on the NBA uh, network, and it's uh, the Raptors uh, against the Lakers. And, again, uh, even with Kobe back, uh, I don't think that he played a lot of minutes. But he, even with him back, they're losing uh, with 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter, uh, 79-70 Toronto. So that shows you how far the Lakers have fallen. Uh, I don't even think it's as much as the uh, – Raptors improving, I think it's more the Lakers have come back to the pack and become uh, marred in the middle of the pack. Um, we'll see how many Kobe he does. In, and I'm sure that they're going to gradually bring him back. But Kobe at 30, I think he's 35, is one of the great all-time NBA players. He went out last year with a torn Achilles. He's come back sooner than expected. Uh, but I'm sure that the coach, I think it's Dan Antonio, uh, will bring him back gradually. Uh, there's no reason to push at this point. The season is not even a quarter of the way done, so you know you work his way back in. And then the other thing, like I said, was the play of the Indianapolis Pacers, Indiana Pacers. But until they take out the Heat in a playoff series, uh, the Heat is still a big dog. Uh, heat, the Heat is having some problems. Dwayne Wade is uh, suffering some serious injuries right now, so we don't know uh, if he'll come back or how soon he will come back. So that definitely is a little bit of a hindrance uh, in what Miami is trying to do. And uh, I've got a little switch over, and we'll knock it off with the last couple of minutes of being about baseball. And, yeah, it's called the Stove Top League right now. It's when baseball is during, during their off season. And a lot of trades are happening. A lot of transactions are happening. Uh, some shuffling of players and uh, some big contracts being signed. You had uh, Robinson Cano signed with the Seattle Mariners for like $24 million a year. 
yeah, $24 million a year. Um, Yankees let him go, uh, didn't offer him enough or whatever, and ended up signing three players uh, that really, and I think Big Poppy said his best. Uh, David Ortiz, uh, designated hitter for the Boston Red Sox, uh, he was quoted as saying the Yankees have lost the face of their franchise. And uh, he said that's for the Boston Red Sox when he heard the news that it was good news for them because now they don't have to face Robinson uh, as much as they did when he was a Yankee. But the Yankees picked up Carlos Beltran. They paid Jacoby Ellsbury a whole bunch of money to come over and play center field from the Boston Red Sox. It didn't make a lot of sense to pay him that kind of money because he just didn't seem to be that kind of player. Uh, and then they also bought over Hiroki Kuroda. So the Yankees are making all these moves, but I really don't think that it's making them a better ball club. Yankees are known for spending money and not spending it very wisely, and I think they've just uh, continued on with that uh, recipe for disaster. In uh, another transaction, uh, former San Francisco Giant reliever, Brian Wilson, not the singer for the Beach Boys, the bearded monster, uh, has signed a one-year contract with the Dodgers. He's coming off an injury. I believe it's Tommy John injury. And he's coming off an injury, and hopefully uh, he can help the Dodgers in their bullpen. Uh, the Rangers have made a couple of transactions in the offseason. Still not sure what's going to happen with Nelly Cruz, but they picked up Prince Fielder from Detroit in a trade with Ian, for Ian Kinsler. Solidified first base. Rangers now have a solid infield. Still looking for some help at catcher. I know they bought in, I think it was Benji Molina, to coach their catchers. And they just recently, well, they're in contract talks with uh, JPR and Sebia, uh, who has bounced around the league a little bit, but uh, a very quality catcher. So teams are trying to, you know, improve themselves uh, from uh, the outside in. As I uh, look at the game, I see Kobe uh, running around the court. So he's on, he's on the court. Uh, Yankee, excuse me, Lakers are still losing. So I don't know uh, uh, how soon he'll be back to being Kobe, uh, but uh, the NBA is better with a Kobe than without a Kobe. He's been in the league since he was 18 years old. He is a definite Hall of Famer and uh, would definitely like to see him bounce back and at least uh, somewhat of the player that he was uh, in his glory years. Folks, you've listening to the Motor Mouth Mosley Radio Show. I am your host, Motor Mouth Mosley. Had a blast talking sports. Had a blast uh, catching up with what's been going on in football and uh, some golf. Tiger lost his tournament, the Northwestern Mutual Day. I think it was Zach Johnson who chipped in on 18 to, to steal a victory from the, gra- from, from the gra- uh, jaws of uh, uh, of loss, and uh, I'm sure Tiger was disappointed, but this is one of those tournaments that has abbreviated field. It's, I don't even think it's a, a normal PGA tournament. Uh, it's kind of an, an invitational, so it doesn't really mean a lot. Just you know, another check for somebody. But, folks, I will be back on Tuesday night, and we're looking at having some discussions that are a little bit more personable, a little bit more um, 
direct. I'm going to have some friends on, uh, hopefully, uh, who have connections back uh, in the islands, in Hawaii. We're going to discuss the coaching situation there. Uh, uh, we have some hopes, wishes, and dreams of what we hoped would ha- hope will happen. We don't know if it will, but uh, I, I, right before I sign off, I do want to give a big shout-out again to the Eastern Illinois Panthers. They knocked off Tennessee State in round two of the FCS playoff, and uh, they beat them 51-10. to 10. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, who is up for the Walter Payton Award, uh, just, uh, yeah, uh, they, they are a juggernaut. They are playing some great football. They're the number two ranked team in that division. Coach Dino Babers is getting a lot of love uh, to end up somewhere else in a Division One program, and there will be a lot of Division One coaches fired uh, within the next few weeks, and I'm sure his name will be mentioned a lot. Uh, he is a student of the Art Bryles School of uh, Coaching and Offense, and uh, I'm sure that uh, that will catch on with a lot, will, will be appealing to a lot of big-time programs. So, Wish him nothing but the best. Would love to see him at Hawaii, but definitely understand if a better offer is made or if Hawaii doesn't even offer it. But definitely wish the Eastern Illinois Panthers another great week. Uh, they play Townsend, I believe, on Friday, and I believe that game's going to be on ESPN2 or ESPNU, but it will be televised, and I'll be in front of my tube watching it. Have a great weekend, folks. Have a great week. Thanks for listening, and uh, tune in on Tuesday night for what i got to say. It's been a blast. Have a great one, and talk to you soon. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.